Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MBH podcast, the My Brown House podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Brown. With me, as always, is the beautiful, the bountiful, the bodacious, Miley Brown. Bodacious. So we are on episode seven. We've done this seven times. Great. And we appreciate you joining us, as always. And ask that you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're trying to level up as we go along and figure out what works, what doesn't work. And would love for you to um, continue on our journey with us. You can follow our page at my underscore brownhouse or on the Insta for all our home updates as well as Miley's tips and tricks of the trade. And uh, with that, let's get it going. So I think I might have, in a prior episode, said there are 10 steps to the MBH interior design program. But you may actually, have. But I think there's only nine. 10 there's, sounds better, so we could make one up, but for efficiency's sakes, we're not going to do that to you. There are nine steps, realistically. The so, ten one, tenth one was just fluff, so we cut it. Yeah, somewhere. I can't remember. Somewhere along the way. At some point, it was ten. We cut it down to nine. I think I said 10 on one of the first podcasts, but it's actually nine. So I just wanted to, we're actually going to tidy up, finish up the MBH um, interior design program. And so I'll quickly just go over the prior steps Mm -hmm. and then we'll get into the last piece. So the first step is honor the architecture, which means look at the outside of your house, see what you're working with. The second step is find your style profile, which is... Figure out your unique blend of styles to design your, your spaces. Number three is figure out your functionality, which is figure out what you want to use the room for, or the space, I guess. Number four is analyze your inventory, which is analyze your existing pieces, your existing uh, accessories, and apply them to your future, your future designs. Number five is look for inspiration which is self-explanatory. Look for inspiration on what on websites, nature, whatever. Number six is confirm your vision, which means to... Um, Look back. Basically, make sure that the inspiration you works. found fits the prior steps. Exactly. Numbers, and then number seven is create your mood board. And that is where we left off. Everyone, I think we've already explained what a mood board is. Pretty self-explanatory. So the final, well, not the final, but the pent-ultimate step is... Create your budget and create a timeline. Mm. So, typically, I'd ask you to explain what those steps mean, but this one is. Those ones are pretty self-explanatory. So, the last piece after you've done everything is you're you're gonna create a tangible set list or a, a, an attack plan to design your spaces, right? You've got everything done. Now it's time to put pen to paper to figure out what you can afford, what you can't afford, etc. Is that correct? That's correct. So, let's start by just getting your overall um, view on on budgeting and, and what are your steps in doing so when you're creating space. So, mine might be different than some other people and that's mostly because I'm 
we, we could really just rule it out to impatience, but I have a hard time living in construction. I don't like it, which is hilarious because it's something I do constantly. But once I start, I want to be able to finish a room. So my personal policy is when I budget for something, I budget for the whole project. And I don't start the project until I have the entirety of the budget. Every now and then I make exceptions, like we just barely made one. We haven't started our living room yet, but I knew the couch was going to take like six months to arrive. Um, and we'd be ready to do it within six months. So I do make exceptions sometimes. But typically we will wait until we have the money for everything um, in hand, in cash, before we start. But that's not the only way to do it, right? No, there's lots of ways to do it. Um, there are certain projects that you may want to take out a loan or refinance for. A lot of people do, like, if you're going to do a big kitchen remodel or an entire home remodel, that's something you may take out um, some money for or borrow for. And then some people are really patient and are totally fine to do it piece by piece. I eventually moved to the piece by piece model once I have a base layer. And then I'll buy a piece of art here, a pillow there, a decoration here. But to get the the main level, I like to wait. Uh, but some people love to just do it one thing at a time. Something I've, I've noticed with this new house, which is much bigger than our previous residences, as we've talked ad nauseum in prior podcasts, but it's a lot, the bigger your space, the more expensive it is to, to design. You want to know why, though? Uh, more space, more stuff. Furniture. Yeah. We never had any furniture because our houses were so small. And, like, paint, cheap. Wallpaper can be kind of pricey, but, like, curtains aren't bad. Wood and, like, construction materials is, like, okay. But the thing that just shoots you in the foot is all that furniture. We've got all this space. We've got to fill with furniture, which is a very first world problem. Very happy about it. But if you come to our house in three years and it's still empty, I will not be surprised. <laughs> you know, everyone makes fun of... um a uh, lot of college-age men, because it always, like, it's like a picture of their apartment, and it's like... A mattress on the floor. A mattress on the floor, a, a TV. On a cardboard box. <laughs> on a cardboard box, and then just, like, like an office chair. Yeah. But that is hyper-efficient. Much and, cheaper. <laughs> and now that we've gotten in here and we're spending all this money on furniture, I kind of get it, right? I think I always did, actually. But... I wouldn't mind reaching back and pulling some inspiration from these. You would sleep things. without a bed frame. Nah, well, it would depend. Mm-hmm. Now I would. You would sleep without, like, sheets? Because that's college boy vibe. Would you really go back? Uh, I, I sleep on top of the sheets. I get hot at night. So we're <laughs> cutting back into the podcast. My Miley said something inappropriate. <laughs> so we're going to have to come back to answer Miley's question. No, I would not go back to being <laughs> a college dorm guy. But your life's too good now. It's too cush. You've gotten bougie over the years. It, I have, but it is it is it has come with a price. And that the price, furniture. That price is in dollars and cents. Um. So yeah, let's talk about furniture though, like because this is something that I think people have this illusion that like when you move into the house, there's like a time frame within like that you have to have like your house done like I'm doing air quotes for done but it's like people feel like they have to fill every single room within three or four months of them living there 
I just do not believe that is true. Like, I will not be spending money on furniture that I don't love. I'm never going to buy, like, furniture just to fill a space because it's empty. That room will be empty for five years until I have the design that I want because I would rather not waste money on things that I don't need. Honestly, like some things you need a function, like maybe you need some dining room chairs. Sweet. Go on Facebook Marketplace, buy a bunch of $10 chairs or folding chairs. That's fine. But you do not need to fill your house immediately if you don't know what you want or you can't get what you want. Get what you need for function and then just live with that. And I think that's good uh, advice, especially for young-ish couples moving yeah. into your first couple houses. Now, we've lived in a couple houses, but... We're still in that exact same boat. Just because our house is bigger, we need more things. But how many rooms in this house are empty? Yeah. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah, we, we made this house purchase with the idea that our family will grow. And we got sick of moving. And so we were finally like, all right, we're going to go into a house that we can... We can More long into, term. Yeah, our last house, we would have busted the seams pretty quick in. And yeah. so this was kind of a long term move. We hate the word forever home because it feels suffocating. You but never know ever if something's Yeah, that forever feels home. like stressful to me. I feel like I can't stand that commitment. But we do plan on being here. F- you know, you never know what's going to happen. But we plan on being here for a really long time. With our prior houses, we'd always say, like, oh, we're going to be here five years. And then it would always be two. So we're like, we're trying to say like, we're going to be here 15 years so that it's at least like eight or something to give us some like. To be honest though, I think we're tired. Like we've always had to move. I am so sick of spending money like renovating houses. I would really love to like go on a nice vacation and buy a cabin. So like, let's just, let's get her done and move on. (laughs) As long as you have that mindset, I think we'll be all right. That's true. I'm the problem. I'm self-aware enough to know. What's that that new TikTok song? Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so get, we'll, we'll kind of come back to budgets here. So do you think, and, and I've kind of noticed this, that the designing a room, you, you've created the MBH program so that they're done sequentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think once you get to this point, you probably will have at times to go back to your other steps because your budget will have some constraints. I would say it's not really the other way. Like typically people don't have more money than they think they're going to have. They have less. So um, how, often, can, how often do you find yourself going back, changing steps, modifying your stuff, modifying your mood boards? Honestly, not tons. Because the, the reason I think that is I think you can do a design on almost any budget. If you find an inspiration picture that has beautiful, I mean, I'm just going to describe the space we're in. It has a beautiful nature-scaped wallpaper. It's got paint. It's got a desk. It's got a rug. You can find dupes. Or you can go without the $500 chandelier and get the $200 chandelier. Or the $80 chandelier, if that's what you've got the budget for. So to me, I don't typically go back. I will either wait and get what I want, or there's things that I'm like, you know what, I'd rather save on this. This isn't a splurge item to me. Gotcha. And I think we've talked, we talked about this in a prior episode, but now is kind of a better time. Um, 
What are some things that you should, and we, we have covered this, but I think it's worthwhile going over it again. What are some things you should splurge on when you're designing a space? And maybe say in general, and then I'm going to go through some specific spaces, and then you're going to tell me what you should splurge on. Okay. I think the general rules around splurging definitely revolves around traffic and usage. Um, if it's something that you use constantly or is in a very high traffic area or it's the centerpiece of a room, meaning it revolves around that space, like a couch, okay? Everyone who comes to your house is going to sit on your couch. You're going to sit on your couch every single day. I would splurge on a couch. The rug that my dog walks on, that my kid spits up on, that, although that's high traffic, it's not, I know what it's going to be used for functionally. So I'm going to probably buy a cheaper rug, but I want my couch to be comfortable. I want it to fit my space. I want it to be a good fabric so it can stand the test of time. So that's, I guess, a summary. Okay. So we're going to go room by room Okay. on stuff you should splurge mm-hmm. and save on. We'll say both. So give me stuff that you should, I don't want to say go cheap on, but stuff that you can get for cheaper, that you can, you know, thrift shop, you can do whatever, and then stuff you should splurge on. So we'll start with a bathroom. That's a really hard one because there's not actually a ton of items people typically buy. People normally move in. But if you were renovating your bathroom, you're ripping it out. Um, tile is not really a save or a splurge. That's more preference. I think you can get quality tile at any price, um, in any color. Uh, I would splurge on the hardware and the glass. You say glass, you mean like the mirror? Like the shower. Oh, the like shower. Like the shower. I would actually save on the mirror. Um, and like the rugs and the towels and the decor items and stuff like that. But the vanity, the thing that never moves, I'd get something quality. But I think bathrooms are kind of hard. Okay. We'll go with an easier one. A uh, living room. Okay. Splurge on the sofa all day long. I would even say splurge on the chairs. But this is this is coming from a small house mindset because I, we have a big family. And, like, when we have family gatherings, it's not five people. It's, like, 25 people. It can, it can be a lot of people. So seating is really valuable to me because I want people to stay in the same room. So I would splurge on a chair. But I don't always think you have to. I think sometimes accent chairs can just be fun. But coming from a person who lived in a tiny house, seating is important to me. So I would splurge on the chairs and the couch. And then I would save on the rug. I would save on the ottoman. I would save on the curtains. I would save on the curtain rods. And typically I don't splurge on lights unless they are huge statement lights for like entryways. So I'd probably save on a light as well. Okay. Uh, kitchen. That's hard because if you're going to remodel a kitchen, you're just going to shell out all the money you own. <laughs> it's going to be like $50,000. So... That's true. So everything. So just do what you want. If you're going to go full send and do a full kitchen like construction, go full send. But like, this is a good example for us. We have um, timelines and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But we have a timeline of what order we want to do our projects in. Eventually, would I love to just take a sledgehammer to our kitchen and redo it? Yeah, totally. But it's actually last on our priority list. We will do every other room in this house before we do the kitchen and that's going to take us years so what we did decide is we would do a small investment up front to just paint the cabinets 
add some hardware, give it kind of a little bit of a makeover, and then live with it that way because it's totally functioning for the next five years while we finish everything else until we can afford to do a full gut splurge. Um, so I think you have to prioritize that. What What's your timeline and what are you ready for with the kitchen? Well, and you, you'd said, and, and I think maybe this is the difference, and I want to make that distinction. You'd said, okay, well, you got you can't be afraid of having an empty house because mm-hmm. you don't want to spend money, you don't want to do this thing to fill rooms that you're just going to change. And I think maybe with, like, the kitchen, I think the distinction is that, one, it's a hyper-functional space. Everything should be functional in there. And so you need to maximize it, even if really the the changes are going to come super long term Mm -hmm. and then also because it is we do know it is so far down the line that we would actually be able to do something the reason it's last for us is knowing we're going to do this small update so it's a little bit more livable yes and that's why we're able to push it back so far because that's a huge ticket item huge okay so let's finish this segment with a bedroom Save and splurge. Splurge on your bed. Even your bedding. People, you sleep there every single night. Like, get comfortable pillows. Throw away your college gross old pillows. Like, you sleep there. Sleep matters. So, splurge on your bed. Um, I honestly think you can save on everything else. We recently invested in, like, quality dressers. And that is really nice because I think they're going to last us a super long time. But we're at that stage of life where I was sick of buying cheap new bedroom furniture. Um, So that just depends on where you are. But I think if you're going to splurge on one thing in your bedroom, make it be your bed and your mattress, your bedding. Gotcha. I know know this is kind of cliche to talk about, but I still do not understand throw pillows or decorative pillows. All it does is inhibit your sleep. And I you take, take them off thing. to sleep. Yeah, I know, but that's annoying. So you get in there, you have 50 pillows, like, okay, well, let me put these all on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's just an extra five minutes to your day that's completely unnecessary. This is a I man wanted problem. To take a, I wanted to take an opportunity. To dog on throw pillows. To my fellas out there. Th- throw pillows are horrible and they suck. And they just are a, a waste of a human efficiency. I, I, think, I, think, uh, I think you need to be more creative. You know, instead of a throw pillow, maybe, uh, throw pillow, maybe design your room better. You know, I actually so will say this is unpopular. I do think it's possible to have too many throw pillows. I think you stick to the you know, your your throw pillows have actually gone down. You you've gone from I think when we first got married, you had a ton, and now you do like one long. I'm a big lumbar pillow guy. Yeah, you're like a big like body pillow type thing, like in the middle, like that spans the whole bed, and that's it. It's true. I've turned into more of a gal of functionality. If it cannot be both functional or functional and beautiful, I don't need it. Yeah. But like Murray thing, Murray, uh, Mary Chan with the... Marie Kondo? <laughs> Is that yeah. what you're saying? Is that what her... I, oh, Marie Kondo, Mary, yeah. I had no idea what you were saying for a second. Oh, sorry. I thought, okay. Marie yeah. Kondo. So if it's not beautiful... She's a legend. Yeah, so if she's not beautiful and functional, get rid of it. No, her thing is spark joy, but hey, Marie Kondo, we can collab. Don't worry. You can take my idea. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so do you have um, any cost-saving tips? Or let's say budgeting tips in general. What are, what, are, what are some tricks of the trade 
for budgeting that you use? Okay, so when I budget a room, you this is funny because y'all would think this is Chris. You would think that our CPA does this. I would like to let you know he does not. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, all I do is look at numbers and spreadsheets for my job. So he doesn't do it at home. Eight, nine, ten hours a day. So I don't want to come home and do that. I get it. I have no... Plus, interest. I'm the one who wants the room done. So typically what I do, I actually do this when I make a mood board. I will make an Excel file document to go along with my mood board. So I will write a list of all of the items that I need when designing a room. So if we were in this office, I would know I needed a desk, an office chair, a rug, a rug to, or excuse me, a, another chair for the other person to sit in. I want some bookshelves. I want a plant. I want a lamp. I want a light. I want wallpaper. Whatever it is I want the room to look at. You can even look at your inspo pick and help use that to write your list. So first I write my list of items. Um, and then I will go through and link all of the items that I've found or write down descriptions. So like maybe if I want to paint, I'll even put down the paint color, right? I want outer space by Sherwin Williams. The gallon's going to cost me about 35 bucks. Maybe for the desk, I'll say I already have that. And for the wallpaper, I'll put the type of wallpaper I want and then I'll link it and I'll put the price. Okay. So I've got a column for my items, the columns for the links and a columns for the price. And then I do a subtotal at the bottom. I always include labor in this. If there is anything that you have to have done, I'll include labor. And I typically will round everything up. And then I have an exact number of I know I need at least X amount, liquid cash or however I want to do it, to do my renovation. Bada boom, this is all done. You do this all in Excel? I do everything in Excel. And then I link all of those things I told you. So whatever I screenshot and put on my mood board I'll just link the website in my excel so even when I do this for other people like we just did a room for a client and they sent us the inspo pictures and I did all the mood boards and so with a mood board I'll always send an excel file that has a list of all of the things on the mood board with the links and the prices so they can see everything um, and buy it all from the one spreadsheet very nice not, not to digress, because um, that was very helpful and very useful. And this next thing I'm going to say is not. But I just was, it's just funny. Like, if people, because I am an accountant, if you looked at both of our, like, you are typically in most areas of your life very, like, loosey-goosey, right? And I'm very tight, but, like, as far as budgeting goes, you are, like, military with that stuff you know <laughs> and if i think i would sh my budgeting strategies would stress someone out so bad where i'm just like eh. i get like a bug to do something and then i just do chris it chris will spend no money and live in a cardboard box and then buy a mountain bike for something so random that's like five thousand dollars but, but he will have eaten top ramen for six months prior yeah i'll have i will i will have <laughs> not used my credit card outside of like gas and food for eight months, nine months. Yeah, you can't a cook year. in a cardboard box. Can't do it. So no. you, you'd I, be eating out. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'll be like, babe, I want a mountain bike. And then it's like, okay, you know. And the best part is you can't really tell me no because you never ask. Because I never anything. do anything, and it's just like all of a sudden, like, hey, can I have a mountain bike? Like, I guess. But no, um, that's actually really helpful. Um, have you found any other budgeting, um, either apps 
or anything else that's useful. I would probably use Excel too, just I'm like crazy comfortable with it. But have you found anything else like? Well, budgeting in real life, I do like Mint, um, but that's more like of a life lifestyle thing. So it's not like a perspective. It's, it's not for this specifically. One thing I do use for our projects a lot, and I think I've talked about it in previous episodes, is um, Microsoft To Do. So in Microsoft To Do, this goes into more into timelines. But once I have the Excel sheet of all the things I need to buy, I, I then will make a to-do list in Microsoft To Do of all of the things we need to do for a room. So that could be take down wallpaper, install wallpaper, paint, change the light, change the fixtures, change the switch plates, get the right. I mean, like I will make a very meticulous list of every single step that we have to do with the project as well. The timeline piece is important because it's just like if anyone's ever taken those goal classes where like you have to have smart goals, mm-hmm. the timeline's important. Because um, you go crazy. Yes. Um, you need to have a timeline of everything you're going to do. Yeah. Right? And I, I think most people function this way, me and you do, where like, so we moved in, I did one clean out of the garage, and it just it wasn't all the way there, and then the garage was just kind of like not done. Like, it wasn't like a wreck or anything, but we just needed to do it. And then we scheduled a movie on our garage that required us to clean clean out the garage mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was like okay and then we finally got it done it had been sitting there this project that would have only taken like it took probably half a Saturday right yeah this project that wasn't that big of a deal those those things just sit on your plate until you either artificially or something comes up, right? So you can artificially create a timeline, which is what needs to happen for most people, especially for something like this, but... Yeah. Um, or something will come up that, like, really puts the fire in your butt. I want to say so. on timelines, too, though, actually two things. So one, and they go hand in hand. The first is planning sessions. This is kind of off topic, but it's also on topic. Like, so then it's been life-changing for Chris and I's relationship is planning sessions so we sit down every day and have sometimes many planning sessions and just review what we're going to do for the next day maybe it's okay I'm going to go to the grocery store and you're going to drop the packages off at UPS and I'm going to make dinner and you're going to watch Brooks at this time or I need to leave or whatever it is so there's no surprises and nobody feels like there's bad communication because I don't know since we became parents there's just a lot to do but that being said, that same thing goes with our projects. Like, you know what our next room is going to be. And we don't plan, like, we're not like those people who plan, like, our whole year of projects ahead of time. Like, we don't have that budget. We're, like, not at that scale well, of content. Well, it's useless to do that. Well, for us. I'm sure people with, I'm sure for some people it's great. And deadlines. Like, yes. Sure. For something like what we're doing, like there's no like a way normal to person it's operation. A waste of time. I yeah, agree. It's a total waste of time. But we know what our next two projects are at all times. Yeah. Um, and we're always on the same page about that, so we know what we're budgeting towards. We know what we're looking forward to. We talk about the pros and cons, and why we're choosing what we're choosing. So I think communicating that and why you would take on a certain thing next, and what your partner needs to do, aka what Chris has to build for Miley. <laughs> Getting him on board with that early is the key, ladies. 
well, and, and the little little sum for the fellows. I know there's a few of you because I can see the statistics. Woo, go fellows! Um, it's nice when you do that, like communicate what you're gonna do that night, so that when you get it done, and and she comes up and is like, oh, what? A, and you're laying on the couch, like, oh, well, uh, what if you said, oh yeah, I did that. You remember how we talked about that last night? That thing, I got it done. And so then. And then you're good. It has helped eliminate the nagging in your life, for sure. Planning sessions have been a good a good thing for the Browns. Yes, it has. We're going on like six solid months of planning sessions, guys, and I'm, we're not going back. That's pretty good. We're some Most of the time we're good. There's a few times when life gets hectic, and sometimes it's just hard to, to match up. But they are important, and it is important to create timelines for your projects. And, and like Miley alluded to, especially for us, it, it wouldn't be more than two. Because you just don't know. Things come up, right? Like, you got to do stuff that's not related to your interior design, you know? Like, like, we're on pause, really, until next year, because we've got the holidays. Yes. And and I, I think for my mental sanity, and I think a lot of people's, it sucks when you create a goal that was unrealistic from the start. Right. And so then you fail and feel like a failure even though it was never realistic and so yeah like for the holidays there's just a lot of people a lot of stuff going on like a lot of honestly they're ex- holidays are expensive you got presents to buy for people you're always going and doing events or you're having to clean the house reclean the house it's it's just a lot there's always stuff going on you don't have as much time at night and it's full of fun but it's just maybe not the time to kill yourself on a project. Yeah, I guess, for us. I guess the point is to be realistic and don't go too far out. Like, if you've got your one project... So I think one of the big examples we have... There there are certain projects where once you start, you have to get them done. So I think specifically of when I built out our... When I extended out our closet... Yeah. I had to knock... Uh, we had no closet. There was no closet and there was a massive hole... In, the, in our bedroom. In our bedroom. Like, we're talking like six foot by six foot like a massive hole in the wall that went to our storage room so there's like spiders and stuff crawling into our room yeah, whatever. it was rough so there are projects that just you got to know as soon as you get into it that like that needs to be done asap but this is also why i budget so everything can be done asap because i don't want to live in construction yeah so i, I guess that's, that's a good thing to remember so if you don't have those projects just be realistic with them and and maybe plan a couple ahead couple weekends couple maybe at most a couple months and then always be willing to reevaluate and just try and get your stuff knocked out. You know, I think some people say we're, I mean, we've had plenty of people say we're crazy for, especially with like the old house, how much we would get done. And we always felt lazy, you know, like <laughs> that's a life problem though in yeah. our lives. But I guess what the point is, is if you do use your time wisely, then you're going to get a ton of stuff done. And even if you even if you miss, like, you have a, a, a Saturday where you do your regular chores and it's just like, I don't have the energy for this, you know? It's okay, because you planned and you're kind of getting, you'll end up getting more done. If you plan on just doing a couple of things a day and you plan ahead. Yeah. You'll end up getting way more done over the long run. Totally. Can I, I, I do want to go back to budget, though, because I think there's probably a lot of people thinking, why can't I just buy the couch I want now and the rug I want later and the painting I want later? And you can You can. But one of the design reasons, not just Miley and Patience reasons, that I typically will wait till I can do it all is because I don't want to have a bunch of smorgasbord pieces. When I buy my pieces, I want everything to go together. I don't want anything to be out of stock. 
So I don't want to have a really 2010s couch and a really 2015 paint color and a, do you know what I mean? Like I want it to look like it works together. And I think sometimes when you spread it out too far, then you start to change your mind all the time. So you end up spending more money by constantly changing your stuff. Because by the time you find a new rug you like in 10 years or three years, you're going to wish you had a different couch. Well, styles change super fast. And, and we've talked about this before, that your pieces, your expensive pieces, the the stuff that like your rooms are based around should be more timeless than everything else. So I don't know if we have, have we talked about that? Yes, because a that's, couple times because I... You, you always are like, boom. I always ask, and you're like, no, that stuff needs to be timeless. I feel so passionately about that because people are not made of money. Like, the couch you buy should be a couch that you can have. Like, if you love the mid-century style with the cool mid-century wood legs and all the spindly furniture, that is great. Don't get that couch. <laughs> like... Don't do it. Like, get a couch that can stand the test of time. Um, and I actually kind of feel the flip side with your bedroom furniture. I would say, I don't like bedroom furniture, though, that all matches. But I'd say if you're going to get, like, two dressers that match, I would get something neutral. And then I would switch out, like, the bed frame. But whatever it is, like your dining room table, get something that's solid. And then switch out the chairs. Switch out the rugs. But pick neutral colors. Um... And we can talk about what neutral colors are later because I think navy and like olive and like there's certain actual colors that I would say are neutral. But get something neutral that you can have for a long time so you can switch out the things around it, switch out your throw pillows, switch out your rugs. So when you do get bored, you can still refresh it without having to net new it. And that makes sense. Um, and... Like, like you've talked about, I, this was an earlier episode, um, but so you, basically your pieces need to be more timeless, need to be able to stand the test of time, and then it's your accessories, mm-hmm. the cheaper stuff that can be like the galvanized metal or like whatever it is that people like. Velvet. What's, I feel like we're just rocking what? velvet right now. Which? I have to like physically restrain myself from buying velvet curtains for every room. I have to really like try hard. What is crushed velvet? It's more of a textured velvet than traditional velvet. Why is it called crushed? I just, it's just that like, I don't know it's like why it's called like crushed. ASMR it's softer, term. and it's, um, yeah, I don't know. That's the best I got for you. Okay. It it's looks just, different. It's an ASMR term I really like hearing, like crushed velvet. Crushed velvet. Yeah. So I wanted to get in a little bit like, for budgeting purposes, and this will be something maybe we'll talk about uh, in later podcasts, more general, I guess specific, these these uh, MBH, interior design podcasts are more general, um, but if we're, we're talking like furniture, where are some good places people can find furniture, like good classic sets? That is such a hard question. I feel like it shouldn't be, but it is because every store has a style profile. Every store has a style profile. Some giant warehouses like Ashley Furniture, RC Willie, right? They're going to have a little bit of everything, but they too even will air to a certain style profile. 
So that's going to matter what your style profile is. The second thing that's going to matter is budget, honestly. Like, there's some great places that just might not be in your budget. Where do I get the most things? And I love Pottery Barn. I love Crate and Barrel. But again, those are going to be higher ticket items for me. Um, There's plenty of splurge stuff. Or not splurge, excuse me, save stuff you can get on Amazon. Target. Wayfair kills it, and that's both splurge and save. Um, CB2 is really good. I even think Ikea is great for a lot of things. There's a lot of great print shops out there that will do prints of art, so it looks like you have original art, and that's a great way to save. It's like Juniper Print Shop. Um, There's a lot of vintage places, like Wallflower Vintage. They're on Etsy. I love some of their vintage paintings. I mean, I score on Facebook Marketplace on a regular. I mean, I guess guess that's what I got for now. We can end there um, with our typical discussion. The last step, we'll just we'll just stay. It's just execute, um, which is all your steps up to the point. Step nine is execute. So yeah, pull that trigger. Once pull. you got the budget ready, once you got your timeline planned out, get working. Get everything put together, and then get your space beautiful. Make it look like you. Get it done. But the thing is, you want to be on the same page, so you don't have that curtain rod that's been laying on the floor for six months. The picture that's never been hung. Like, just get on the same page and get it done so you don't have to live in that in-between. Well, that is the end of the MBH Interior Design Program podcasts. We will continue to do podcasts, but um, if if you have any questions about any of these steps... Um, Go ahead and shoot anything to us on the Instagram, my underscore brownhouse. Um, Miley's more than willing to, to help you out. Um, she offers mood boards, sourcing services. She'll want to work with you. So definitely feel free to reach out anytime you feel so inclined. Um, typically now is the day or now is the time that we would play our regular MFK game. <laughs> It is late on a Sunday night. You know what? We'll do it. I wasn't going to do it. We're going to do it? Let's do it. I couldn't believe you were going to skip it. This is your favorite part. You torture me. It's my favorite part, but I'm just really tired. But we're going to do it. We're going to get yeah, There is a TV up. show and a treat waiting for us after this. Yes. So quickly. MFK. Mary. <coughs> uh-huh. Kill. Most people know this game. There's three choices. You marry one, you kill one, you blank one. I'm trying to keep this podcast very friendly, child-friendly, family-friendly, whatever. But I don't like the fact that people keep telling me to say, marry, kiss, kill. It's not the same thing. Everyone knows it's not the same thing. So I'm going to find a euphemism that works. I'm going to keep workshopping these terms until I find something. So I have one I'm going to run by Miley. She'll tell me yay or nay. The euphemism, so Mary Kill, uh-huh, is taking grandma to Applebee's. Absolutely not. <laughs> Never involve grandmas, and frankly, don't go to Applebee's. So Sorry, Applebee's, I just don't think your food's very good. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three pieces, right, core pieces of a house. Oh my goodness. And you're going to 
Mary killed, take grandma to Applebee's. Alright? So, bed. Including mattress frame. Gotcha. Bedding. Uh, living room couch. Mm-hmm. And then we are going to go with da, 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 um, a kitchen table. Like a dining room table? Yes. I have to be fast, huh? How long do I have? Two seconds. Okay, I'm gonna, uh, married sofa. I'm gonna have a great time with the bed. Just felt right. Taking grandma to Applebee's. <laughs> oh my, taking grandma. No! And I'm just, the table's dead. I'd rather read on the floor than not have a camp couch to sit on. There you go. You heard it. Alright, everybody. Thank you for listening. It's been real. We are the My Brown House team. We are working very hard to get you good content and we are learning we're growing feel free to leave us comments um please constructive criticism constructive criticism if with kindness uh, involved yeah kindness (laughs) please uh but uh the podcast can be found on any major podcast service apple podcasts spotify Spotify, stitcher anchor uh, anchor uh pandora if there's a place it's not let me know and i will put it up Anyways, we thank you so much for joining us this evening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.